Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Visitors, welcome. My name is Renard, and I am assistant pastor here. Pastor Robert Engelhart and his wife are not here today. Pastor Bob is feeling a little bit under the weather. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, and I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that it would be you, Lord God, that is impressing on everybody. And the words that are coming out of my mouth, Lord God, would be directly from your throne. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just create in us all instruments to be what you want us to be, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to read a scripture that starts this whole thing. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he knows, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to believe that first. That is the bedrock of our faith, is it not? That is, without that, this book is nothing. It's just a bunch of words on a page. It might as well be like, I don't know, Jaws, written by Peter Benchley many years ago. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith then comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's how we get faith. How do we get faith? You see, it's like the cyclical thing, right? So we believe... So when we believe, it should give us a hunger to, I want to find out more about this God that I just said I believe in. So let me take a look. And we look in the word, and that's how we gain more faith, right? Because faith comes by hearing of the word, by reading the word, by listening to the word. Psalm 25, verse 8 says this, The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in what is right teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness to all those who keep his covenant and obey his decrees. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the promised land. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read this. I wouldn't know that if I didn't circle around, right? Faith is like, like the gas in your engine of, 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 of like Christianity, of, of your life. That should be the thing that motivates you to do everything. Because you see, I'm getting ahead of myself. Psalm 32. 
says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like the senseless horse or mule um, that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. I'm excited, right? Because I was just having a conversation with Bob Lanzalotta this morning. And we were talking about how things are cyclical, right? And listen, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little bit insight into my life. I am not 100% like on the faith meter all the time. I know, I know, it's horrible. But sometimes I put my faith in something that I shouldn't, and that something will disappoint me every time. But when I put my faith in God, he has yet to disappoint me, ever, Amen. ever. He may not have been on my timetable, but he's never disappointed me because he's always shown up. He may not have been reading the play in the book that I wrote, but he's doing the play in the book that he wrote. This is really good stuff. James uh, chapter 1, verse 5 said, if anyone longs to be wise, Ask God for wisdom. How do we get smart? How do we get smart? You ever talk to pastor? I have yet to, I have yet to stump him. And I've come to him with some crazy stuff. But when you're in the word, you become wise and nothing stumps you. Ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. He, he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Just make sure you ask by confident faith. Exactly. Without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven to and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Faith is something you shouldn't turn on or off. Faith is something that has to be on at all times. You can't click it off. You shouldn't click it off. It should be there. Listen, every one of us has gone through some sort of hell in our lives where it's been hard to keep the faith, but you keep the faith anyway. We've gone through it. I've gone through it. But every word that comes out of my head is like, but I'm going to trust him anyway. I'm going to trust him anyway. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know why. All I know is that his ways are so much higher than mine, and I just got to believe him. I just got to believe that what he's doing, there's a bigger picture that I don't see. I had a conversation. I'm going to date myself now, but you remember, I think it was like in maybe the late 80s, mid to late 80s, they had those magic pictures do you remember those? It, it didn't look like anything, and then when you took the paper and you brought it up this close and slowly brought it out, a thing came into view. You remember those things? They were in the malls all the time. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, when, when you put your faith in God, is the stuff and the, and, and the things that are so cloudy in your mind, all of a sudden, the, the, the fog begins to clear. You know, it's like, it's like when you take a shower and the mirror is all like, like full of like 
foggy, right? It's all foggy. But you take a blow dryer and you blow it on there and the fog magically goes away. That's what happens when you, when you put your faith in God. That's what happens when, when you accept his word and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to believe my eyes right now. I'm not going to believe what I'm hearing, but I'm going to believe what the Lord is saying. And he's saying, and he has the scripture. He has the words for your situation, I promise you. There is not a situation out there that his word will not cover. Promise. Check it out. It's there. Anything. Confident faith. Recently, I had a conversation with a gentleman. And it, it, was, it, it was a great conversation because he's a deep thinker. And he kept drilling down into things, kept going deeper, which was so cool. So he asked me, he said, how did I know that Gina was the one? Gina's my wife. How did I know she was the one? And I explained, you know, listen, it was, it was, there was a whole sequence of things that made me be confident that I knew that she was the one. Now, we dated, Gina and I dated, we did like the puppy love thing in like fifth and sixth grade, believe it or not. We went to fifth and sixth grade dances together. I didn't no, she was, I was going to marry her then. I didn't think I was going to marry her then. But when we got to college and that rekindled, I knew it. And we started spending time together. And we started, to, and there was nobody I wanted to spend, be with than Gina. We would stop. She lived on the same road as me. We'd stop on the road and we'd talk for hours. Her, I can't tell you how many times her brothers would come looking for her. And we were just, we were literally just leaning up against the car on the road talking for hours. And I explained that to this gentleman. I said, that's how I knew. I knew because there was no doubt that I wanted to be with this person, that I wanted to spend the rest of my life, that there was nothing that she could ever do that would change my mind. She's tried. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. She's Italian. She has an Italian family. I shouldn't say things like that. So I explained that to this gentleman. And then he asked me, well, how do you know what's right? How do you know what God wants? How do you, I want to make the right decision. How do I know what decision to make, Jose? How do I know? I explained to him, you spend time with the Lord. Well, how do I know I'm hearing from God? How do I know that? So I explained to him. I said, listen, you called me up just now. I didn't recognize your voice. You had to say, hey, it's me. But if we would have a conversation two or three times a week, by the following week, when you called me, I'd say, hey, Joe Blow, how are you? I would recognize his voice. I would know his voice. And that's what we have to do. We have to build that relationship with the Lord by spending time with him, by being with him, by being in his word so we know what his word sounds like. Because there's so many other voices out there that want to distort and destroy us and take us off task. Okay. Then he said, well, you know, what about like, if I wanted to jump off a cliff in a waterfall, and I knew that he had recently done that. He jumped off like a high cliff into a waterfall. I said, it's like this. If you're standing there watching 42 people jump off that waterfall, and they all put their head out of the water and say, woohoo, that was a blast, 
and you're number 43 and you don't do it, that's on you, right? It's your fault if you don't do it. You can see it's safe. You can see they all did it. Is there an inherent risk? There's an inherent risk in anything, right? There's inherent risk walking across the street. But there's risks in everything. But when you see, oh my gosh, this person was healed. Oh my gosh, look at what happened over there. And you all of a sudden you see all these different things. You become number 43. So it's on you. You're looking at watching all these miracles around you happen and you're not getting into the miracle boat, well, that's on you. Because God is doing it, you just gotta get in it. You can jump off that cliff and have a blast, or you can stand there and watch everybody else doing it, and then when you leave, you're like, man, I wish I would have done that. Or would I have done it? You'll never know unless you do. And then I'm like, but you do it, and then you figure it out later. You just, you just do it. You, you, you trust, you see, and you, you, you kind of stack the deck in your favor. And how do you stack the deck in your favor? Let's go back to the faith thing. And you trust God. And you don't be stupid, right? You don't jump off the building. Even Jesus didn't jump off the building when the devil said, hey, jump off the building, let, let the angels pick you up, right? No. No, Jesus wasn't that stupid. I'm just telling you. There is so much to be had. All things are possible. All things are possible. If you're sitting here today and you're saying, well, I really don't have faith. I don't have a lot of faith. I'm telling you, you have faith. I'm telling you, you every day you wake up, you have faith. You have faith you got in your car this morning. You had faith it was going to start. Oh, let's back up. You had faith the alarm clock was going to wake you up. You had faith in so many things throughout the day that were created by man, and yet sometimes we have such a hard time having faith in the God who created the man who created the alarm clock. This is cool stuff. Are you, are you enjoying this? I'm enjoying it. Listen, if you guys don't enjoy it, I'm having a blast up here. So, There was a movie. It's an old movie. It was called Days of Thunder. It's with uh, Tom Cruise. It's like 100 years ago. He's a stock car driver. And there's one point in the movie where an accident happens, right? And he's coming around. The accident is over here. He's coming around. And his crew chief is saying, I know in my heart you can drive through it because like, it's all smoke. I know in my heart you can drive through it. You can go. Just go. Just go. And you see him, they show his foot on the gas. He takes his foot off the gas. And he stutters for a minute. And then he floors it. And he drives right through it. I'm going to be the crew chief for you today. Just put your foot on the gas and go. Just go. Just do it. With God, all things are possible. There is nothing that stands in your way. Romans 12, 3. Oof says this, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then 
you will, you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. We have to be humble. We have to admit our mistakes. Because sometimes you'll get so wrapped up, man, I got so much faith, I can do anything, and all of a sudden we become so abrasive to people that they don't even want to be around us because we become so heavenly-minded we're of no earthly good. But we got to have that balance. we got to stay humble. we got to be in a position to say, hey, listen, I messed up. I did, I did something bad. We can't look at ourselves higher than we really are because really we were nothing. God scraped us up off the pavement with a spatula. At least he did that for me. I was lost. I couldn't even find myself. So God gave us grace, and that's not an insurance policy. That's not something we tap into only if we do something bad. That's something that we should know is there, but we don't keep tapping into it, you know? It's like having a, a home equity line of credit, right? You don't keep tapping into that to, to go out to dinner or to go... No, because it's silly. Why are you putting that debt on yourself? But we can't take grace, and we can't do something that we know is not smart to do, but we keep doing it anyway, and then we say, but grace will cover it. Grace will cover it. Grace is imparted. Power from God that frees us from sin. That's what it is. But if we're walking in it, if we're walking in it, it should keep us away from that stuff because we realize how precious it is. Because you see that grace that came down from heaven? That grace hung on that thing up there. That grace hung on the, Jesus, Jesus hung on the cross to give us what we need. And to say, it's cool, man. I got it covered. I'll do it for you. I'll fix it. I will. So grace is when we get what we don't deserve. So we get the favor of God even though we don't deserve it, right? None of us deserve it. But we do deserve it when we say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Boom! Grace. Now you got grace. But it's not grace to keep doing what you're doing. It's grace to pull yourself out of what you are doing into something different, something better, right? I'd like to step back for a moment and just do a kind of like look at the world around us because I think a lot of the world has taken grace, work with me on this one, okay, has taken grace and has turned it into entitlement. I'm entitled. I'm entitled. Look at the world. Look at what's going on. I'm entitled to it. No, you're not entitled to it. You didn't do anything to get it. You see, we're not entitled to heaven. We didn't do anything. We can't. The only thing we can do is say, yes, Jesus. Jesus did all the work. We just said yes. But we have a society out there that's taken everything and twisted it and saying, no, I'm entitled to everything. And you're not. You're not. We're not entitled to everything. We're not, we're not entitled to bupkis, honestly. You're entitled to whatever you're willing to work hard and do in this world. That's what you're entitled to. 
We're entitled to free grace from Jesus because we said, yes, that's what we're entitled to. Okay, that's it. Now I'm stepping away from that. All of the, all of the great men and women of the Bible had a choice, right? I mean, they all had a choice. You know, you can read about the, the, the great hall of faith. I wrote some down here. Abraham, right? A hundred years old, he had Isaac. And then what did God say? Kill him. But Abraham knew that God already told him that his descendants were going to be like the sands on the beach and the stars in the sky. So God's like, I'll do it. See, God trusted, or uh, Abraham trusted God more than he trusted his own eyes, his ears, or what was going to happen. He said, Lord, I'm going to do it anyway. I'll do it. And God provided an out, right? At the very last moment, Abraham, don't touch him. How, is that one of the coolest stories like ever? I mean, it's, it's a scary story. Like, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, some of my kids I could probably. <laughs> some of them. Noah. It hadn't rained in like forever, like literally forever. And then God tells him to go build a boat because it's going to flood. Okay. Yeah. Moses. Moses went and stood in front of Pharaoh, stood in front of him. He, he literally told God, you got the wrong guy here. But then his faith kicked in, right? And then he stood in front, of, in, in front of Pharaoh, and finally Pharaoh gave in to him. And even then, even then, God kept coming through for him, and kept coming through for him, and kept coming through for him. And you know, Moses never saw the promised land. You know why? He disobeyed God. Silly thing. Silly, insignificant thing. I look at it, I'm like, Lord... Lord, but see, God wants our obedience, right? God told Moses, they wanted water. God told Moses, speak to the rock. Moses put on his skinny jeans, turned down the lights, got the smoke machine, and he struck the rock. God told him, Bozo, no, no, man, I told you to talk to it. You struck it. Lose. We can't go to the faucet to get a glass of water if we're not cooked, if we're not hooked to the, to the water supply, right? Right? If I brought a faucet in here from Home Depot and I put it right here and I turned it on, I can't expect water to come out of it. I didn't connect it to the water source. So we can't expect ourselves to have the confidence if we're not connected to the source of that confidence, which goes back to the faith, which goes back to the reading of the word, which goes back to relating with God. That's what we have to do. And when you do that, I guarantee you, your life will change because you're going to see things different. Things that you, you, you thought were a challenge at one point are not going to be such a big challenge because you're going to say, Lord, I know you got this. I'll do it. Lord, you brought this to me. 
I'll do it. You pray. You know. You know what God has for you, right? See, because we can't hoard this. Then it becomes stagnant in our lives, and then we become no good. You know, Jesus warned us about it. He said, you're the salt of the earth, but man, you've got to get out of the salt shaker. If we're just going to come in here every Sunday and do our thing and then go home, what good are we? We'll be fat and happy, but nobody else will. Yeah. We have to change our, our mindset. We, we no longer serve the same master, but we still walk around like captives a lot of the time, doing the same thing, speaking the same way, acting the same way. Jesus came and freed us from captivity, and all we have to do is, is accept it. Everybody here, hopefully, has trusted in the Lord at one point, and if you haven't, do it but you've trusted in the Lord at one point in your life and he's come through for you. How do you feel when that happens? How do you feel? You feel like, oh, oh. Listen, and maybe you didn't have, you know, Pastor talks about that incredible event that took place when he accepted Jesus and he was like, he just blew up. God blew up. For me, when I accepted Jesus, I just felt all of my stress and anxiety drain out of my head, down into the ground I was standing on. And then weeks on end, months even, I walked around with a stupid grin on my face. I... But something happened, right? Something happens inside us. God always responds to our faith. And listen, not our needs. He doesn't respond to our needs. Our needs he already has covered, right? He's taking care of it. That's done. He doesn't have to respond to our needs because our needs are already taken care of. But he responds to our faith. And when we, when we open ourselves up, when we say, okay, Lord, I'm at the end here. I don't know what to do. That's when God shows up big. Mark 11.23 says this. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. Right? Important component I left out Anybody? Have faith in God, and then you can say to the mountain, I want to see a mountain move. And I'm not talking about the mountain of my finances. I'm not talking about the mountain of my broken down car. I'm talking about the mountain out there. Because you see in another scripture, oh, I'll read it to you. Uh, Luke 17, so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. I want to replant some mulberry trees. I want to have that faith that I can say to that and not doubt it because you see, I'm still believing my eyes somewhat. 
But God didn't qualify any of this. He didn't say this is a, just a figurative thing we're talking about here. It's not really a mountain and it's not really a tree. I'm just... No, Jesus said, you can say to that mountain. Just saying. We should be literal mountain movers. Don't tolerate in your life what Jesus paid such a high, high price to free you from. Be confident who you are in Christ. Be confident in your faith in him. Be confident in his word. Be confident in who Jesus is. Practice. Practice your faith in Jesus every day. Become stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, you're going to be saying and doing things, and you're going to be putting in, putting, put in positions you never thought you could be in. And it's going to be not of your doing. It's going to be because God is pushing you, and you got there. And you didn't dig. Kicking against the goads. The word talks about that. This one talks about kicking against the goads. Christians, be strong. We don't have to be doormats. We don't have to, we don't have to hide in our churches, hide in our homes, but be strong. Bring the word, because there's no, there's no defending yourself after you bring God's word into it. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.